Welcome back, everybody. It's your host, John Scardina. I'm so excited for this episode. This week, we're going to be talking about the infamous public information officers and what they could do for the field. Every after action you've ever seen says communications on it. I get to talk with an expert today, Prescott. He comes out of there out of uh, New England. He's been with a firehouse for 18 years doing PIO. We've had other PIOs on here before. I think about a year ago, we did an another couple of PIOs. This is coming from a recommendation from Zach Borst, one of our other great hosts on the EM Weekly, part of the network uh, that we're a part of. He said, hey, you got to interview Prescott. He comes up with these amazing ideas. He, ha he has this great background. So with without any further ado, Prescott, welcome to the show. John, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So uh, for, first things first, uh, I called out Zach there. That's actually a Zach Borst mic that you have, right? Oh, 100%. Zach Borst, uh, huge thank you for not only introducing us, but also uh, this awesome audio piece. <laughs> you can tell that you're a, you're a good PIO because you're already like smiling. You have great presence. You're thanking people already. So that's, um, you know, you, you, you run the game very well. So. I love it. I eat this yeah. stuff up. So let's let's talk about your you're hyper passionate about PIOs, public information officer or public relations, whatever people want to use the vernacular. Tell us about your experiences. 18 years. What are some of the highlights for you? So uh, 18 years in the fire service. I definitely eight years of that have been the department's PIO mm. um, really came into the field um, because I saw a problem. And in our firehouse and actually the fire service, I would argue a broader picture, what would happen when the media would get on a scene and a lot of different scenes, not just like a, a fatal fire or a bad wreck, any just basic scene, the media would show up and people would turn the other direction. Oh, no, you know, the media is here. What are we going to do? Um, and then they would what arguably when really what pushed me into the field was when what they chose to do was literally tell the media to get lost, um, mm. which was like the exact opposite. opposite. And I wasn't even a professionally trained PIO at the time. I legitimately was just like, I don't think that's right. <laughs> uh, turns out it's not. Um, yeah. So anyway, so I walked into it, uh, I really started looking and saying, what can we do better? Got some professional training and you'll appreciate this being a former FEMA guy that uh, literally just Googled, you know, PIO and up it came. That's um, awesome. Basic level class. Our state yeah. PIO, Mark Bosma is the man. He got me hooked mm. up with some sweet classes and uh, uh, just the, the rest, as they say, is history. But um, some really cool experiences along the way um, dealing mm. with uh, exercises. Some uh, I don't even want to call them disasters, but near disasters. Um, I live in a fairly quiet community from that perspective. Um, mm but just really recognizing the fact that the art of communication, getting the right information to the right people at the right time is so unbelievably critical. Why do you think that you said right people, right time? Let's see, right information, right people, right time. Those three things are so hard for emergency managers, really across the board, any kind of communications, but especially in like what I would call the emergency services, like anything that's like ESF related. We have a really hard time doing that, and yet we live in a world of constant inundation from media and from sources. But why do you think we have a hard time starting to catch up and integrate with that level of interactivity? Uh, I think, honestly, part of it is just recognizing the fact that communication is at the very core of everyone's being. Like, obviously, a PIO, it's at the core of my being, um, and it should be at the core of all of our being. Like, you would mm -hmm. reference in a number of other podcasts, issues that crop up in, in uh, you know, 
in all different fields, what does it boil down to, you know, communications. Um, mm -hmm. And if we have that as the pinnacle of what we are doing, right? Forget even PIOs, take emergency managers as the, the broader field, right message, right people, right time. Um, mm -hmm. if, if, if emergency managers could have that be their focus, um, it would be great from a communication standpoint, but I'm going to take it a step further, John. How about we engage PIOs, right? Emergency managers have this right-hand person. They have a lot of right-hand people, but PIOs should be one of those right-hand people where they can say, you know, uh, Hey, let's, let's, I'm going to lean on you, uh, as the expert, uh, mm -hmm. you know, whether they're trained or not, I obviously highly recommend taking those uh, female courses and getting some of that training because it really broadens those horizons. Yeah. In terms of let's talk, let's break this down into like a three part episode if we can. And there might, there might be some bleed over, but let's talk about the right message for a second. The right message, and we're doing this off the cuff for everybody who's listening. So this should be pretty fun. <laughs> but the right message, uh, you know, I once heard somebody who did like who's doing a, a public speaking and he said the right uh, amount of information like that medicine is sometimes perfect for some too much for others and not enough for another group. How do you figure out the right message without diving too far into the people like, oh, do you have examples of like great messaging, what great messaging looks like? So uh, that is such it's a hard one to say for uh, the broad audience who's probably listening and maybe watching this this podcast. But what I will say about messaging, which is so, so critical, is developing it early on. So the credibility word is going to come out here. If you are a self-proclaimed PIO or an official PIO is taking a bunch of classes and you, you know slap the, the, the helmet front on, whatever <laughs> level you have of, of that, um, it comes with a level of credibility. So getting that, um, I'll use social media just because that is the you know Please. very, very yeah. common, common one. Um, half of the world's population uses social media. So if we as, as PIOs, emergency managers can get on social media and I'm going to hit the, the really the small level stuff. So uh, if you are self-proclaimed PIO, you're not really in the field yet or are looking to blossom into the field more. Start with one social media account. Start small. Start with a YouTube account or a Facebook account. Really common there. Um, and grow that credibility. So when the messaging you do choose to put out there, um, it comes with. Uh, you know, they, they, it's recognized as, you know, the Williston Fire Department or Prescott Natto, you know, it comes with um, a high level of credibility. Yeah, that's that's actually interesting because, you know, when we when we start looking at that, especially with people with like really small groups, you don't, have, you know, like if they have like a team of one, right, or a team of five, they think, okay, I got to be on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, the ones who are sad and scary do TikTok. Like every, like all the things, right? And now there's like new ones coming out. It's like, I love the idea of just like, hey, like be a realistic here. You don't have to do everything, but do something. And it's also probably a good way to build confidence, right? Like, hey, like I'm getting really good at this platform, get the system play. Now we can start to build into another area. I don't know. It's a good idea. And John, I got to hit on that real quick because I, I'll share a story. When I first became the the PIO, and I say that in quotes because at the time I was the definition of the self-proclaimed. Self you know, I'd taken that IS-29 uh, intro, you know, I think six, seven hour, whatever deal. Thought I was uh, hot stuff. 
um, and ended up, uh, you know, diving into everything, social media, oh gosh, mm. Facebook, everything you just mentioned, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, everything I could, I, I really tried to do. What happened was I became quickly overwhelmed. Um, Mm. And only one platform really got my attention. The rest sort of fell by the wayside, which what did that do for my credibility? Um, it, it, yeah. it, it didn't bolster it the way I was truly hoping. Whereas, mm. uh, you know, definitely I, I sit here 100% not a perfect PIO in any stretch of the imagination. But I do recognize the fault of um, trying to go in too many d different directions, really finding that. You know, the one for us right now, um, it, we, we try really hard on our Facebook account. I acknowledge that our Twitter account is, is basically just for the media. That's we, you know, we're reaching out to others on Twitter, but the media is a huge partner um, on Twitter. And that's where they usually come to us and say, hey, we saw this that you posted on your Twitter account. Interesting. Uh, let's talk more about it. That kind of thing. Real quick, we're going to pause for this week's disaster tough endorsements. How do you spell Doberman Emergency Management? EOP, OEP, HVA, HMP, Thyra, TTX, Drone, PDA. Whenever you need an expert, Doberman Emergency Management field experts are there for support. Contact an expert at DobermanEMG.com today. The L3 Harris Extreme 400P radio solves problems and is specifically designed for emergency services. How do we know? We field tested it with medical, urban search and rescue in collapsed and confined structures. This radio is amazingly tough. Check out the L3 Harris Extreme 400P radio at L3Harris.com right now. All right, we're jumping back in here with uh, this great conversation about uh, PIOs and the message and starting with a single platform and building that, building that confidence. You know, media reaching out on Twitter, like, hey, I saw something. And it's like, again, way to build trust systems. You know, I, I actually want to call out something earlier. This is me going down the rabbit hole like I typically do. You mentioned how emergency managers need to have a PIO as the right-hand man or right-hand gal. And I often find, so, well, I'll get to my, my point here in a minute, but I often find in emergency management planning and exercises, PIOs are often left out and yet are the number one reason you have success or failure because you have to interact with the community. And if you can't do that, then who are you serving? Like, how are you helping them? Do you find that to be accurate where you're at too, or? Preach, John, preach. This is, I'm right, telling well, you right now. That's, that's funny. Well, I'm, I'll preach for a second. In fact, hold on, let's see. Do you hear some cheering? Yeah. Right. Um, the, the funny thing is, like, I'm going to do some uh, self promotion here, being a, you know, my own PIO here for a second. Emergency management response for dynamic populations. When we looked at the most complex style of emergency management and how to do like a training environment around that. We looked at every competency we could possibly imagine and said, okay, in terms of a three-day kerning course, we can do six and six only. And what do you get for six? And what will it teach you in terms of principle across the board? And public relations, i.e. PIO, is one of the six. Because if you cannot communicate with people, you can't, like, you're going to fail. It's too big for you to, to manage on your own. You have to get buy-in from your community. So that's, that's me preaching. So. It's, I, I, I love it. And, and I think to your point about this dynamic uh, populations training and other ones that I've heard that Disaster Tough uh, has, has engaged in, um, that's mm -hmm. the trick with proper exercising and engaging PAOs is, you know, uh, you want to keep on your toes, right? I would rather be uh, on my toes, kept on my toes in, in an exercise so I'm not finding myself like back on my heels 
uh, in a mm. disaster. Yeah, I if if I can get buy-in, then the actions that I do as an emergency manager are are grown exponentially. It becomes a naturally evolving and um, successful mission when the team can operate together, especially if I don't have to constantly corral them. Now, I feel like P PIOs are like herding cats. And I think that's kind of the fear of, you know, especially with traditional emergency management coming from the, the fire and police side of the house, right? Tactical, like I have my job. That is a huge distraction, the media, and they're just going to get in the way. But emergency management, learning to collaborate, coordinate, using the media as an arm of good things, especially if you can build relationships. I mean, you could probably tell, tell more about this than I could. But, man, what happens when they get on your side? What you can yeah. do with that, right? You become like a superpower, John. It's it's, <clears throat> and, and when I first discovered this, it was semi by accident, right? Like I said, I got into PIO world because I said, oh, that doesn't seem right. We should probably treat them with some respect, bring them into the picture. And then yeah. when we brought them in, they were like, oh, my gosh, this is so foreign to us. Our local media um, partners. Mm -hmm it did not have a ton of access. We don't have a, a, a lot of career uh, departments around us. Um, and so having access to a PIO on a regular basis, literally I gave them my cell number. I, I worked, I, I still work for an excellent fire chief, but uh, my, the, the former fire chief who started, you know, very wary, very wary of the whole program, but mm. dove in, um, said, I'm going to give you a short leash, but let's take it, you know, did things like you know, uh, gave me a, a department cell phone, a PIO cell phone to, for some good uh, picture and video quality, but also to be able to give to media partners. Mm. Um, so when they reached out, they had somebody on the other end. Uh, and arguably in, in talking literally a week ago with some of our media partners and then remembering, you know, eight years ago when I first got started, that was one of the biggest comments was they need someone on the other end. You know, they hear all the time, John, Oh, uh, we're showing up at a scene. Just look for the person in the white helmet. Okay. I, I hear you. And I think broad brushstroke, that's still a good thing for media partners to do. Mm -hmm. But that person in the white helmet's probably preoccupied, probably doing <sighs> a bunch of other really important things, right? Yeah. So give them someone does not need to be a chief officer even somebody who can speak even remotely eloquently, you give them three bullet points and send them to the cameras, they will be off your back and have the information. You will have shaped the story instead of the story shaping you. Yeah, and how many times have you seen like people with either good intentions and good intentions, there's a, you know, what's that quote? Like, is that, are the, pave the pathway to hell or something? Oh, yeah. But you just, like you have good people who don't have the training, don't have the experience, don't match up with a qualified PIO, get in front of the camera, and now they look like a buffoon, right? Like they just, they get, they choke up, they don't know what's happening. They, you know, if people ask a question they're uncomfortable with that they respond terribly to, and it like snowballs, gets away from them. Versus, you know, you have this hungry beast who constantly wants information. You know, funny enough, as a podcaster, I don't get to deal with this as much as you get to, thankfully. But my audience, wow, they, they are hungry for information and they want to do things right. And so in, in terms of my perspective, I get to, you know, 20,000 people or so, I get to, to hear their feedback. If we have a good episode, I get to know. If we have a terrible episode, I definitely get to know. <laughs> and they, they want and they want to share ideas. And I, I think it's great, actually. 
it's constant feedback. It's constantly allowing me to know if we're hitting the mark or if we're missing the mark, right? So like kind of moves it into the people people realm, but I, I just can't imagine uh, thinking that we have all the answers. And then when we go into uh, media and we say, well, I read my EOP, my OEP, my HVA, my Thyra. And they're like, what are you saying? So if they can't figure it out, then they're going to make something up, right? And, and they often and, do. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> the you know, it, but being shaping the story instead of being shaped by the story. If you just say, "Oh, look for the person in the white helmet," and then they say, "Well, the person in the white helmet's occupied, preoccupied, not available," then they're going to go to the bystander who has no idea what's going on. Literally, visually, just says, "Yeah, there's a fire truck and a police car and an ambulance, and uh, something's on fire." I think, um, you know, they're going to get a a very unreliable story whereas if you build that level of credibility again reverting back to that early word we talked about which means so so much to pios build that credibility by saying um you know i am and, and it doesn't need to be you know listen I, I i don't think i'm a very vain person necessarily but i don't have to be the one in front of the camera i just know that um the viewers have expressed that it is nice to see a person, a PIO, a fire chief, a leader, emergency manager in front of that camera. Um, for you, you know, newer PIOs that might be listening, it definitely doesn't have to be you. If you're scared to death of the camera, then don't think it always has to be you. There is so much back channel stuff that needs to occur. Social media being a, a key one um, coming up with that messaging. Uh, to give to the emergency manager, to give to the leader, to, to, you know, to say in front of the camera is, is very important too. But again, the credibility piece, um, being able to have the media come to you and say, yeah, let's, you know, let's get, uh, let's get John on the, on, on, on the, you know, five o'clock news here talking about X, Y, or Z. Mm. Okay. So let's, let's play this game here for a little second. Do you know which, which, uh, post or which, uh, yeah, social media post is your most successful post. And do you know why? I love that. Uh, and I don't know the most successful post, which is really too bad because I know you're a data guy and I like, I like data. Yeah. To dive in. Yeah. Um, what I can say though, is, uh, posts like, so the two, uh, avenues that I will go down here is the, the one is informational posts, like things about, uh, road closures, you know, needing to, you know, change people's lives temporarily for whether it be, you know, how yeah. they get to and from work, um, or something a lot more critical, like they're going to have to evacuate. Um, those garner a ton, a ton of attention, um, partially also because I try, if it's a road closure, I try to post a very tactful image of a scene. So they're aware that it's not just fluff. They actually can see again, mm. very tactful, respectfully. Um, they can see a little bit of what we're dealing with. Um, but the other part is people, people, people at the very end of, uh, you know, my career as a PIO, I will only hope one thing. And that, that is that I have reached. Uh, people in the best way possible to give them that that right message at the right time um and, and yeah, that's the, what it boils down to so the people thing so i once so because we do podcasting and the readiness lab and doberman all this stuff there's this constant uh itch i have internally of like how do we make social media posts that surprise and delight so how do you get to the right people with su surprise and delight and especially when social media is goes out to everybody how do you kind of corral not just the social media message but corral the entire message so that the right people do get the information so i think i oh god john i love that question um and i think or in, in my early days that definitely great success was had um referencing people and kindness and good things 
while also recognizing that not everything we post can be, you know, sunshine and butterflies. It can't be right. Yeah. We're in the yeah. business of, of disasters in essence, and um, we need to be ready for that. But building that ahead of time, if we can find really kind, wonderful, amazing stories about our population and put that out there ahead of time to build that credibility again, mm -hmm. then when the bad news does come, they say that's okay because we trust you. We know you. We are acknowledging that uh, you are here for us. Um, I'll give you a, a brief example one of the posts that went absolutely way more viral than I ever expected uh, was in wintertime. We had a, a patient who um, an Alzheimer's patient um, who had uh, gotten away from um, uh, the person who looks after them uh, in a very cold, wintry environment, ended up um, rescue went out. The fire department went out. We, um, you know, found the person, uh, a bystander had actually found them first, reached out to us. We came, we evaluated them. They were fine. Um, really, really fortunate about that. But what the bystander had left a, a red scarf, um, around this, this patient, um, we transported the patient for precaution. The red scarf, uh, came, came with the patient. Um, we somehow ended up with the red scarf posted it on social media, trying to say, Hey, listen to the owner of this red scarf. Um, not only do we have your scarf, but thank you for being a human. Thank you for stopping. And it was, it was, you know, dusk. So it was, it was getting dark out. You know, there's a lot of a handful of things that could have stopped this person from doing anything. They could have driven right by, uh, but they yeah. didn't, they helped this person out. And I got to tell you, we, we, our post was, was not meant to garner any attention to the fire department. It was meant to garner a ton of attention to this person, which thankfully it absolutely did. But by proxy, by highlighting such a, uh, a, a really community based, yeah approach it garnered an absolute ton of credibility for us as well maybe as our gift for coming on to the podcast we'll send you a red scarf with like your name anagram on it <laughs> zach boyce yeah. would appreciate that because he knows that i actually wear scarves so does he okay cool hey i'm okay with that you you live in cold weather right I so do, I do. um the the red uh yeah maybe we'll make a segment about that and just like take that out because i think that highlights i like win-wins I think it's perfectly okay to say as an emergency manager, we need a win for our department. I think it's perfectly okay to say we need a win for our department. How do we find a win for other people? And it, it's, um, it's okay. Like to, to be, I want to say selfish in that aspect. I mean, you guys are ultimately just trying to get the scarf back and also say, thank you. But it also humanizes responders and, for, for someone who obviously is that hub working with responders across the board from, you know, firefighters to FBI who may, who name it, I've met amazing men and women across the field and they don't get nearly as much credit as they should. And um, it's because other people with uh, different messages are taking over. And the best thing we can do instead of closing the doors and getting away from the community is to actually open the doors and actually Taking taking control of it. It's isn't that funny though. Like you think like all these A type personalities would want to attack this problem, but all the A type personalities we all like go like, uh oh, like yes. I don't want to deal with this. No, we should want to attack it. We should want to help out. I don't know. Get get in front of the problem. If anything, so, I don't know. So, oh god, this is a great conversation. Um, one of the things that I want to talk about very quickly, my own little tiny rabbit hole, and for folks listening, I hope you can engage your media partners in this as well. Coming up in, in, in actually, God, it's like a week away. Holy moly. Uh, 
we have engaged our media partners and are doing a sort of media slash emergency services get together for the expressed purpose of getting us in the same room, um, trying to break down barriers first and mm. foremost, because we know they exist. But the, what, what I envision occurring and what I truly think will occur is uh, that it's going to break down some barriers and then get the media and emergency services in one room saying, what can we do? Our, our goals are the same emergency services yeah. and the media uh, want to get again I'll, I'll hit the pio aspect here pretty hard but they want to get that message out to the community uh in, in the most effective way possible yeah the what do you feel about the the issues surrounding like this this need for like dramatic messages like that's like the one thing that like um Funny enough, there was like a case study. I'm trying to remember who did the case study. It was about gang violence and shooting. And the fact that like we've gotten so used to like, oh, there was another shooting. Like it doesn't throw people off. So it's it's active shooter. That catches a lot of people's attention. But the Boston bombing at the incident, in terms of like national attention, in terms of media, it was explosive. Gosh, I hate to use that pun. I should, probably shouldn't have used that. But it's... It, it was so big because a bomb and we talk about dirty bombs and dirty bombs comparatively to nuclear blast are not nearly as effective, but it's all about like this dramatic approach. How do we grab the media's attention before they want to share our message without going into the drama and more into the information side? Do you see what, do you see where I'm going with this? <clears throat> like how do we get them to want to share our message versus taking a spin on it? So I, I think I like where you're going with this because um, the media really does thrive. And I love our media partners uh, a lot here, but um, they really do thrive on that um, intense, you know, really, uh, uh, you know, the, the more dramatic it is, the more the media will pay attention to it. If you have a house mm -hmm. fire, they might, you know, blink their eye towards you. If you have a house fire with an explosion and a reported fatality, they'll have news trucks lined up down the road. And they'll call it. You know, they'll call it raging house fire. They won't say house fire. You know, every little like, you know, the most extreme, you know, raging house fire we've ever seen in this specific neighborhood. It's like, you know, yeah, like the fire alarm went off. I don't know. Like that's sometimes I feel like the, the vernacular there is a bit much. You know how uh, side tangent here. You know how you uh, really love the term whole community and want to en embrace it at every moment. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so my whole community, John is fully involved and the fire nerds out there will appreciate what I just said because so many the, the media fully involved house fire and it literally was like a bush out front that caught maybe part of <laughs> yeah. the porch fully involved hey if you take the photo at the right angle that the, the, all the flames will look it's all, it's all about, about perspective angles. it's all about angles and perspective whole community what a redundant whole community I'm gonna eat this apple I'm gonna eat this whole apple you know I, yeah. I get a kick out of it, but I, I back to the drama piece. We have yeah. to we have to feed a little bit of that. I, I have to admit, and as a PIO, I do strive to um, engage. You know, whether it be Twitter, Facebook, other any social media, I can. Um, but there's a way if we get to them ahead of time and we develop that relationship ahead of time, where we say, "Listen, 
We're going to loop you in on social media. We're going to loop you in on, on a cell phone or text message, whatever it takes to get you here. Um, but we are going to be very real with you, right? If this if this fire is truly just a bush that caught part of the porch on fire, or if the carbon monoxide leak really only caused, you know, uh, half a dozen folks to evacuate, not three stories of, mm. you know, uh, uh, you know, elderly folks in the middle of winter, zero degrees. Um we had we just have to be real with them 100% and recognize that a level of drama is okay because uh, I, I think people, the civilian population that we serve, thrive on that too, as I alluded to in some of the pictures, wanting to give them a little bit of a taste of what we're dealing with, but not over-dramatizing it to, to simply gain ratings uh, or, or likes or what have you. Yeah, that's, um, gosh... What a, what a difficult problem to solve because there's a there's a little bit of like human nature there, like and we're on it too. Like action movies, I'm all in. You know what I mean? Like the most unrealistic walking away from explosion scene. I'm like, oh yeah. So like at, at one point we had to say like, okay, we don't need to add again pun uh, fuel to the fire here, but I think it I think we have to be realistic of saying like, okay, you have to be willing to fight culture human nature norms and like the way people consume media to to not include any of that like the fact that uh you mentioned that every time you do a post you do a picture like a, a respectful tactical fix pictures i think is what you said is so much more effective than just words and uh, they've they've been starting to do this with mass notifications as well instead of just saying you know a silver sedan took a child blah 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 now they're showing a picture of the sedan. Like, you know, all that stuff is starting to, I think we're starting to figure it out, but I wanted to get to the next level. And I think that kind of bleeds into the, our last topic here of timing. How do you get messaging that is the right message for the right person actually in the right timing? Because, man, especially with mass, mass notifications, we are still behind. But how do we, how do we get there? So... <clears throat> moment of zen here lessons learned major lessons learned i wait hold, I, on, hold on i love Let's this see if i can do this was it this one no was that a brrr? i can't hear it on my end it a little enough of was like a actually, chime wait was this one there no? we go yes oh, no, do, the, do the other one do the other one yes. Yeah. okay yeah <laughs> I, can, I can appreciate that versus the wagon wheel or whatever that was. oh i didn't i couldn't hear it so. <laughs> that's funny so the moment of zen is the learning lessons that i have uh had early on when i tried to do you know a thousand social media networks and uh you talk about timing i was getting making posts way later than you know oh i think they'll still be effective yeah you know mm. not really and when you start using data and the analytics you say wow those were ineffective posts completely here's the problem as a one-man shop uh you know from the pio perspective uh, uh it's very hard it's hard to get you know i'm a captain and so i ride the front right seat often um, i'm fortunate that i'm not on the first out apparatus i'm on the ladder truck more often than not which means if the first in apparatus is is doing some solid work I at a motor vehicle crash or something can recognize that they have a good handle on things and can then engage in that social media messaging in a timely fashion, i.e. right when it's happening. I understand most, no, I shouldn't say most, a lot of folks don't have that bandwidth. They can't get that um, you know, level of posting, which is where collaboration comes in, right? If you reach out to your fire chief, you reach out to your boss, whomever it is, um, and can say, hey, listen, this is critical. 
messaging in the right time is critical. Would you allow me to, when things get squared away, you know, give me the nod, or maybe you can help me with this uh, from your command perspective, whatnot, uh, to get some of those photos in a really rapid fashion, learn how to do it uh, from a, a cell phone on the scene kind of deal. Um, mm -hmm. And also in the realm of collaboration and in timely messaging, um, I've engaged with some of our neighboring fire departments and said, hey, listen, you know, I am the Williston Fire Department PIO, but I can be your back, you know, uh, background PIO, right? So, so if a big incident happens in XYZ neighboring community, I can be there um, taking some pictures and sending, sending them to you. Again, I don't want to be the face in, in front of the neighboring community because they don't know me in that realm. Um, mm. But I want to help you get that messaging out by crafting the messaging for you, by taking some of those pictures, doing a lot of that background work that is so, so critical to get the timely message out there. Uh, you just called me out hardcore because I'm always that guy who's like, well, yeah, it's late, but... And being a data guy, I've also seen that. Like, what am I doing? I feel like a clown. Like, I feel like I'm putting on the clown makeup. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is effective. Yeah, this is going to help. But the reality is, like, it, it timing is everything. Um, and and really, the the opportunity to combine timing with the right people and the right message and targeting um, systems... I'm going to loop it all the way back here because for all these people who are like maybe taking notes right now, we have lots of people who take notes on our episodes. Uh, you, you mentioned before starting with one platform. In your professional opinion, what is the platform, team of one, they just want to start this off, where should they start? Um, I, I got to say Facebook. And, uh, and, and here's why. <clears throat> I have been trying to derive some analytics as far as what is the best social media site. And I'll, I'll go on a very brief tangent in a minute, but Facebook mm. is, uh, you know, near and dear to my heart because it's where we started. Um, and, you know, I started as a PIO. It also reaches, uh, you know, billions of people um, and, and a huge um, uh, population worldwide are on Facebook. It's also mm. very easy to use. A lot of things have changed recently that I'm still adapting to. Um, but mm. the reality of it is it's very easy to use. My quick tangent is related to YouTube. Um, the gentleman I alluded to earlier from uh, one of our local media affiliates who works with me in the fire station um, has been really harping on me to revamp. And, and he and I are, are in the process right now of revamping our YouTube page. You know, 30, 60, 90 tops second videos um, that highlight really critical topics um, in a short succinct fashion so facebook is great with you know post that picture post that update about traffic or about you know an, an evacuation or even like i said the red scarf something positive um but on the other end of things if you're if you are sitting there saying i have facebook i'm pretty good at it i know what i'm doing then look into youtube because if you look at the analytics twitter's great for media instagram have its neat has its niche but youtube is budding 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 interesting well hearing it from a professional uh, we post all of our videos on YouTube, but we might need to uh, have you back on the show maybe every other week just so you can give us one more tip on how to use uh, Facebook and YouTube. Seriously, Prescott, what what a huge honor it is to, to hear from you and hear your perspective on all things from the work that you've done alone from you know being in the fire service, but also as a PIO and being an expert. Uh, you came with high recommendations from, again, a good friend of both of ours, Zach Forrest, and it is clearly earned. I mean... You really have done things a lot, of, a lot of things right, and the fact that you're able to simplify it for those who are overwhelmed, and I would say, again, this is a 
qualitative perspective here, but most emergency managers, most first responders are afraid of doing something like this. And yet you just define it in a, in a clear, succinct, right message, right people, right time. Maybe start with Facebook, branch into to YouTube. You just explain all that so well. And uh, it, it really shows that you're an expert in your craft. So thanks you, thank you again, Prescott, for coming onto our show. It was really good to be here, John. Thanks for having me. Okay, everybody. If you like this episode, I do this every episode. If you like this episode, you got to give us a five-star rating and subscribe. We get lots of messages in uh, email that we're, we're happy to pass on to Prescott if you'd like us to. However, if you have a question for the community or you found something really effective that's helped you in your public messaging, we would like to know about it on our social media channels. Now, we have lots of social media channels. Maybe from Prescott's advice, we should start with Facebook. But whether it's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, the Disaster Tough Podcast, look us up, add a comment. When this episode goes live, make sure you like the episode. Make sure you let, let Prescott know that you're grateful for it. Easiest way to do that is just to like that button on the, on the post. And we'll see you for the next one. Bye.